Alright, hello and welcome to the second hour of Barbarian in the Valley. That first hour is dead and buried. Whatever it meant, it's just lost to time now. I have no recollection of it. I take no responsibility for forming it. Who let that happen? Not me. Not me. Now, we are back in the crystal ship. And we are now on the wrong side of summer. Summer is now like a coursing river filled with debris. No one will get hurt as long as we're moving at the same speed. We are just weeks away from it all getting coughed up on the steps of school. And folks, just a little bit of warning. He's back. Waylon is back. Now, news flash. Vanessa, the orange van, is in the parking garage. Can you believe it? We'll get that story in a minute. Now, at Waylon's suggestion, this hour, this week, will be dedicated to, wait for it, power dynamics. Power dynamics, man. Of course, that was his suggestion and all my footwork. And I just found out, I just found out that um, he forgot to do the reading. So, we'll get back to you in just a second. Let's listen to a little music. coming back into the studio thankfully that song has got a lot of bulk on it for reasons we won't go into Waylon how you doing pal and I'm I I can hear myself wow you didn't even limit me listen I thought I actually thought that even during the intro I might have mic'd you this was my thinking before you got here I thought well we're doing power dynamics right so wouldn't it be right and fitting for me to seed power because we're going to be talking about how people in power kind of lose perspective. I don't want to be seen as that. I was thinking I was actually going to mic you during the intro, but then you were making all this like humming noises and stuff <laughs> like that. And I thought that's probably, was like slobbering on myself. It's probably not that wise, but you know, I'm not going to withhold power from you because 
you know, like in any revolutionary moment, if you've been in power, you want to walk away from it as fast yeah. as possible. But, I mean, going back to previous conversations, I respect the sanctity of the intro and not the power that you're asserting over me. Does that, that make right? sense? Right. I and mean, that's the Catholic thing. Yeah. That's it's the case. sanctity of the protocol. You like the protocol. The protocol. So, but wouldn't the protocol also include me, like, keeping you out longer? Or that just doesn't feel quite right. If when we yeah, come I would, back that, the that music, would be unjust. That that, be unjust. Okay, that's a really good point. And so there's ceremony here and there's ritual. Mm-hmm. The intro belongs to me. Oh, yeah. Although I'd be curious if you could do it one time. And I'm, like, miming and, you know, dancing well, you around often, over here. you often get a blank stare, too. When I talk about how, like, <laughs> I take no responsibility for it, you seem to get nervous. <laughs> you have a nervous look on your face. I'm like, is that Flashbacks wrong? Should I not say that? Um, well, I appreciate that, and maybe you should try it sometime. Do you think you could do it? I don't know. you got a good flow. I get you know? well, I'm used to And I'm trying song. to figure out, you know, like, you have your notes and everything, yep. so it's you're riffing really nice. It's really natural. Thank and you. at the same time, I'm like, how much of the notes is he reading? Well, slash this time going? I have to say I wrote it mostly out. I usually do bullet points. Yeah, no. But we'll it's see. good. Now, it's listen, good. let's k- take care of some business before we even start. Okay, um, your van is in the parking garage. Talk to us. Now, for listeners who have been with us over the years or months as the show has accrued, we know that Waylon has a propensity with his bright orange van to park illegally because, for whatever reason, again, might be a Catholic thing. He doesn't believe. Power thing. And it's, it's a power thing. Doesn't believe in paying for parking. By the way, just a side note. I don't know. Did you see? There was about a, two years ago, there was this guy in Keene, New Hampshire, who would go around feeding parking meters with quarters. Oh, yeah. Because they were about to get ticketed. The parking ferry. Is that what they call them? Yeah, it was something like that. Well, something like that. He was, he like, was just a, a hero. Well, he's he was a a, he was a libertarian. He didn't believe people should have to pay for parking. So if he saw if your meter was about to go up and there was a parking person about to ticket you, he would go feed the meter. Which is illegal. You can't do that. Why? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing... Are you I sure mean, about that? Like, yeah, the really twisted logic there is that... You know, you're taking responsibility over some someone else's space or private property or something. I don't know, but I know that they were they were pretty much ticked off at the fact that they weren't making a lot of money because well, parking definitely. is a huge. I mean, even on well, UMass. Come on, careful with huge. I'm going to say this, okay? I'd like and to this know is some why. Numbers. So I'm not even actually parked in the garage. I'm parked in a little place. I you know I oh so I'm, you didn't end up I in the garage. And you know why? This is why. My friend used to work for UMass Parking, okay? They made so much money for the school, the scholarship fund, this, that, the other thing. Oh, sounds they, like good things, though. Yeah, but listen to this. Okay. They made so much money that they had in their budget for parking a uh, basketball court. They made Parking made themselves a basketball court. Okay. Just for, like, the 10, 15-minute breaks that they have. So I'm who? sitting there. For so you know, it, it just got lost in the bureaucracy of everything. No, but I'm saying, who did it make this court for? They made it for parking services. Parking uh, services had their own basketball mm-hmm. court. Okay, that's I that's get, blasphemy. I get, you know, I get it. I get it. So you're not in the garage. No, no you're not in the garage. No. Are you in an illegal spot? Uh, it's it's. I could get a ticket. Okay, I, I hope could, you I do. Get a ticket. I really hope you do. You came up. You showed up. And your spot was taken by... So, uh, t- okay, so an actual legitimate Parker. <laughs> yeah. But the guy was in the car, too. 
So or the the van. It was a. Did was you like knock a, on the window and say, "This is my spot"? I know. I should have just blocked him in. What was it? It was a power plant vehicle. It was a power plant vehicle. So that would make me think that when so you he was are, actually working. Yeah, when you are taking that spot, it's actually a serious spot. Well, yeah. Well, no, no, no. So this is the thing. There was mm. other. There's 15 minute flashers all along. He just so happened to be in the one that I I usually take, and there's one right next to him. But I'm not going to be the dude that just pulls up next to him. It's like staring at somebody when you have a piece of trash in your hand right next to a trash can and then just like dropping it next to it and like staring at them as you're doing it it just like i just felt especially with that bright orange i felt i was caught red-handed and kind of that was just kind of although your van is so bold that people might just not believe you're trying to get away with it yeah there's nothing discreet about it and so it's almost like hey look at me yeah you know there's something yeah and dare you to put smiles on faces it's like you know although i was up in (laughs) niagara falls right yeah visiting your girlfriend uh, i got a ticket visiting your girlfriend girlfriend no that's a breakfast club reference oh was it you don't know that my head totally over my head too young breakfast club came out when i was like two yeah, and they, you can I always, still see I do it. always say it's Breakfast a, Club. I usually I don't want to get too to campy it. here, but have you yeah. seen the film? I've seen the film. That's yeah. an excellent movie. And I always say, you know, like the kids around school, I'm like, what's going on with the Breakfast Club over here? Uh, like all the kids and they know about it. Oh yeah. So check yeah. out that reference at another time. Keep going. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, so it couldn't have been very important. Let's move on. Now the other problem is, you came in here basically unprepared. Like, I read. That's my other okay. issue. So uh, he gave I, me homework in the summer, the audacity. You so I read the, you one the of the articles that he short, sent me. First articles. off, uh, we were in a book club together, and it was harder to have the commitment. And I did read the entire book every single week, but it was harder to have that commitment than having a girlfriend. I, w- I, I couldn't even hey, date somebody during hey. that time. I had to read. <laughs> That's what I'm spending, saying. I'm for spending you? two hours a day reading Trust me. to catch up on this stuff. For you, I'm a slow reader. That doesn't mean anything. Okay? <laughs> yeah, true. Commitment and girlfriend with you, it could mean just nothing, okay? <laughs> um, well, listen, I don't want to rub it in. I, I, what I'll do is I'll punish you as the show goes on because you'll be like, uh, and you, if you hear this. Like this sound. Oh, I know. That's Waylon flipping through the article that I printed out yep. so that he's he could have it. Notes. And he's going to be like, uh-huh. He's got the cliff well, notes. it says on the page that the last page, that's going to be Waylon. <laughs> okay. And by, the other thing I have to say, I love UMass Radio. I mean, this is such a privilege to be on the radio like this. The studio is so beautiful. But listen to this. Oh. WD-40. WD-40, these chairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in a radio station here. <laughs> I'm bringing WD-40 next time, just uh, just out of a curiosity, see if it will actually work. All right, we're almost there. I want to say that I'm trying not to say the word right anymore because oh, I, I like have a tendency the like? to well, I It's say, like saying like? Well, I guess it's like saying like, but it's like right? And interesting is another one because all I do all week is listen to these episodes over and over and over again because I just love them so much. My voice lulls you to sleep. Well, it's mostly I've edited out some of that and it's mostly my own voice doesn't really matter but I say the word interesting all the time or like this is interesting or I think it's interesting so I'm going to try not to do that and having said that let's move into the realm something that I think you and I both really are interested in. We have two articles, and they're both about power, and they're both, I guess, 
a scientific approach to power, right? Yeah, a little a little dramatic, but yeah. Do you think that's dramatic uh, or think, overstating it? So, do you want to read the the title of the first one? Sure, you go ahead. Do you want to actually go ahead and summarize this one a little bit for us? I know you can't do the second one, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead and try the first. Jerry, one. you seem. Yes, yeah, uh, August twenty seventeen issue of the Atlantic. It's titled "Power Causes Brain Damage." Okay, so that's the first thing you're hit with. Okay, and then it goes on to talk about, essentially about the um, the turning off mentally of when you're in a in a position of power, uh, turning off empathy and turning off uh, this idea of relating to other people for the sake of the kind of betterment of yourself and the and the the gaining of your own. Um, you know, achievements or goals. Uh, and then it applies it to... Even if it's that conscious, it sounds like. Yeah. Right? Like Both, I, yeah, it's, conscious it, and subconsciously. Yeah, okay. So it's it's kind of in losing mirroring. They talk about mirroring. We'll, we'll get into that, like mm-hmm. being able to kind of emulate other people around you. I mean, I definitely think um, that that's true on balance, that power corrupts, right? Because an, another word, another way the article could be is that, you know, power corrupts. It's saying the same thing, but it's using some studies to show that actually parts of your brain aren't lighting up anymore because when you feel empowered, you don't have that part, you don't have that filter anymore. I think it's um, a real problem, and it actually gets me excited about our therapy practice that we're going to start someday together. Oh, yeah, love this. Yeah, um, let's come back to it. Yeah. But uh, the, there's an actual word in the article, right, toe holder? Mm. You know, that's yeah, a great yeah. word. That's a great word. So the article begins talking about, it's pretty funny, John Stumpf was the head of Wells Fargo, and he's basically in front of the United States Congress and just seems clueless about what kind of bad shape he's in. He, he doesn't seem to realize that like people are really angry at him. This is after the financial crisis and stuff like that. But here, that kind of gets a little bit to one of my questions, which is, I mean, that could be pretty useful to keep power, is to be immune to people, like reading signals that people don't are angry at you or think you screwed up. I think, I mean, it's so, it's such an insular feeling right there, or an insular um, uh, dynamic that you create for yourself. If you don't understand or if the perception is that you don't understand that you've done something wrong, it, power or not, if you if you protect yourself in that little bubble of not knowing, it's easy to wash your hands from that. And I think that people do that routinely, routinely. And it's something that you... Um, I think that it's a common practice for everybody, power or not. And I think that that's for in in the article. That's what it kind of misses. It's identifying people in power and the things mm. and decisions that they make. But something even innocuous as, um, oh, I didn't let the cat out this morning. Oh, um, and then you're getting heat from your significant other or something like that. I think that you you utilize these kind of igno- huh. this blissful ignorance to a certain extent. And this is kind of focusing on the on the power dynamic of it. Okay, that's interesting. Ooh, ooh, I said the word, but <laughs> and you know, by the way, I'm trying to be careful about 
using words too much for this very reason, that I don't want a certain dullness to come into my speech. Yeah. You know, you're saying, I think, that there's a certain kind of oblivion that sinks into all of us when we're used to a routine, no matter what the routine is. Mm -hmm. With a couple, I think that's true, is that there's a certain kind of dullness of signaling that goes on because you're actually, unless you're actively growing with that person, unless you're really trying to hone in, like I feel like my wife and I often, we'll go through periods of kind of dullness with one another and that's that gets into a bad place. And then we go through periods of really trying to understand each other's cues and innovate. So in a way, this guy Stump is in front of the Congress and he's... Uh, well, and they do they do use the word anesthetize, don't they, in this I article? Think so, yeah. And so, in that sense, I think that you seem the, the author would agree that it's dull, there's a dullness that has crept in. And I agree with you that that could happen in any situation. That can happen as a teacher. And I do want to talk about the power dynamics of being a teacher, because we oh, yeah. actually we actually drink from the fountain of power all day long. It's it's literally the glue that holds the entire system in place. If what, there wasn't any school? perceived power, yeah, no. it, then you literally have chaos. Well, could that be true with everything, though? Oh, yeah. Is it, yeah. But sure. it, is in, it is a thing that, that with our job, we are the boss. I think that's why teachers have such trouble dealing with one another at times. You know, I, you know, teachers aren't great when they collaborate, is my experience. I would put myself in that category as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so we're used to being the boss. We're used to being twice as old as the people we're the boss of. I mean, we're the boss in so many different ways. Now, these kids are super bright. They have agency. I'm not putting them down. But we're like, we're the boss. You know, yeah. we're, we're not the boss of people our own age or, God forbid, people older than us. I am whatever, almost 50. These kids are 15 or 16, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, too, because in the relationships that I forge, um, there is definitely a willful projection of relinquishing a lot of power. At the end of the day, I know exactly where I stand in that power dynamic, but the relationships that I build are based on the idea of relinquishing that power. So, oh, you want the responsibility of leaving school to go do um, this uh, segment on this person. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel comfortable with you doing that. I trust you and everything. I know at the end of the at the, at the end of the day, I have a hundred percent say in them doing that. But I want them to, um, and and that's you know it's authentic. And at the same time, there's like behind the curtain pragmatic. Like, well, they okay, know you, that though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, for sure. It's, They're it's aware not, that it's, it's your. I'm green transparent light, in that, but at, at any given moment, um, I want them to reach those conclusions. You know what I'm saying? If there was anything controversial. Well, not controversial, but inappropriate on the um, the news that we do at the school. I want them to come to their, that conclusion. But if they were just blinded by the entire fact of what they usually come to me and we have those conversations, but they reach that logical conclusion themselves. But if they did not reach that conclusion, I'll pull it. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, I have that power to pull it. Right. So it, you have a system by which you are. So how would we describe that kind of power system? What is that the power of? Because in a, in a lot of ways, it's more powerful than just, well, there's, there's a difference between control and power. You're not oh, trying yeah. to control them. You're trying to give them just enough pasture to run around in. 
Yeah, I guess agency. You're giving them agency, you know? but it almost gives you more power than you had if you didn't give them agency because you are oh, trading yeah. their agency for affection for you. Yeah. To a certain extent. And a kind of, the cult of whaling. And on top of that, I, I agree with that, but I also think that it allows to expand and broaden the rules as they were currently in place. So students have the ability to work independently after school uh, to, a, to, you know, to the agreed upon terms and conditions that, I've, uh, that we've provided through administration without supervision. Now, would you have that if, we, if, if that kind of agency wasn't established, right? Does that make sense? It's like uh, in relinquishing that power and giving it to them, perceived or not, that's given them, that's uh, the school and the district has identified them as having more responsibility yeah. than previously. So it sure. expands on the and things that we're allowed to do. And you've given them a system where in which they can prove themselves along the way. Yeah. Great. But I think it's important for you not to think that you're not, you're not immune to this kind of problem power-wise. Oh, yeah. And I'm one of the pieces in, I mean, the thing that I have to always check, I'm one of the pieces in the pecking order that's not at the top. At any given moment, the administration or superintendent district could say, we don't like that. We don't like what you're doing. Stop doing that. And I would have to adhere to it. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. It doesn't seem and like it doesn't... a lot of teachers. I don't really feel that way. I'm sure it could happen. I'll give you an example. Okay, uh, so reporter called the uh, um, yesterday. I talked to a reporter on the phone about cell phones, cell phone usage. I converse with this. Um, Why are reporter they calling the you? Because I'm the leading authority. No, you're the you're I'm technology. De- I'm, the, I'm the they department chair of the technology me. department. You have no control of your cell phones. <laughs> you should have them call yeah. me. I have complete control over cell phones. Norm is the caddy king. That's his new dubs. I am. Uh, he he has a cell phone caddy. caddy. Daddy. I'm the caddy, caddy daddy. daddy. That's what yeah. my students call me. Caddy daddy. He's the caddy daddy. <laughs> you you have an empty caddy. I'm 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 not anti caddy. Jeez. Ah, I'm just you. that's not my style. Typical, that's not my approach. Typical Whalen grabbing the publicity where he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so but, all right, getting what back did to the that. Say? So I talked to him, but then mm-hmm. uh, I talked to uh, the principal, and she was told not by this the superintendent not to talk to the reporter unless they talked beforehand oh good so, so you're in trouble so yeah so essentially excellent. okay excellent and then i was trying to figure out navigate this. where i am in that situation you know what i'm saying yeah because it's like i am part of that system but at the same time does that rule apply to me what do you think I think so, but you weren't told of it. I wasn't told of it. So you have an easy... And it's not like I said anything but controversial. What if, what if you were told you just wouldn't talk to the reporter, right? I wouldn't. Because Although it, I, would, I would have to say I would be like, wait a second, can you really, can you state this? And my guess is that they would be like, uh, yeah, or, you know, you find out if we can't do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's the. I would want an answer as to why I couldn't. Um, but it's not a, a hill I'm willing to die on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, no, it's that's talking a cool about phrase. Yeah. Is that a real phrase? Yeah. That's an army thing? Yeah. I think it's like, you know. Yeah. No, I get it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying I appreciate that term. All right. Let's, 
Let's bring it back a little bit to the article. We're going to have a musical break in about five minutes. So let's just talk a little bit more of mirror, about mirroring a little bit and being anesthetized. Or, actually, let's move forward a little bit. Okay. That's Waylon rustling his papers, by the way. Oh, uh, And that's like the cold sweat coming down his, <laughs> his, the front of his forehead. Is he going to give us a pop quiz? One thing that Yusim says is that the, these leaders who are powerful, because they're unable to read cues anymore or as well, which I can also see as a survival technique of being powerful, right? If you're powerful, it might be in your interest not to overread cues. Yeah, that's, that was my takeaway. And the, also the article does, in fairness, say, you know, when you, when you are powerful, people mimic you. And so it actually becomes very difficult. Like, I've been mimicking you this whole time so that you would, like, basically feel empowered because I worry about you. But so I nod when you nod. and People don't see it, but I'm also wearing a Hawaiian shirt now and glasses. <laughs> you I'm wish. trying to be well, listen, Cody incarnate. Cody, Cody style is a special thing. You'll never understand. <laughs> um, so powerful people tend to stereotype. They tend to kind of batch process. It's almost like batch processing. You know, I don't have time to really figure out all these cues. And so much energy is projected on you when you're powerful. I do know this from my own classroom, particularly when I'm running a simulation. Kids think I'm um, all-powerful, and I'm not at all. Like, things are happening. They get so paranoid because they're like, Cody planned that. You know, I didn't plan that. It seems like I did. And so you're getting projected upon greatly. And so I could. they're talking about this as a kind of anesthetized. And, but that can even work if you're having so much projected upon you that you have to kind of block some of that energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I also think the, the other part that is not necessarily talked about in the power dynamic is that when, you're, when we're talking about power, what is the absolute definition of power here, right? I would say that what I'm getting out of this article is the, um, the processing of multiple individuals on a daily basis, Right? So that could be construed in a lot of different ways. Is that power? Right? If you're, if you're seeing a lot of different people, um, you could be the, at the RMV, the RMV teller. Yeah. Right? And you're seeing a lot of people in that day. And you're not, and you might be kind of the, that kind of dulled to what's going on mm. just because you're trying to process a lot of different people at the same time. So what are we giving up because of power and what is it because of the sake of the ongoings and dealings in the pragmatic way in which we need to go about our life? It's right? a cool example because I actually think that RMV person is being crushed by a power. They're actually being crushed by a power behind them. They're the face of, like, bureaucracy, and they have to deal with people all the time who are coming to them, and they're saying, no, I'm not going to process this. And those people are angry, but the person, the RMV person, typically is someone who has no real control over it. It's like, well, I can't process this. And so it's an interesting example. I'll give you a better one, though. Yeah. Okay? The Comcast person. Okay? So they're they're not... A person in position of power but they wield uh, the a powerful guy. tool the right but well, they made a movie so, about this <laughs> yeah you know this? exactly yeah, yeah with jim carrey <laughs> yeah so it's like okay so this person and, and i was talking about like the representative on the phone so oh. it's like okay 
I'm going to be a generous God. I'm going to give you six months of HBO free because I've wrapped it into this thing because there's this loophole here, there, that, the other thing. Yeah. Right? And that's if you. That's why I always, when I'm talking to people on the phone, I'm yielding to them that I'm always friendly. I'm always talking to them personally. One, because I think that their jobs can suck and people can be really mean to them. But two, the advantage of doing that to yield yourself to their power oh, yeah. it get, you, has them utilize their power in a beneficial way where they usually enact the, the, the certain policy of the company in a, in a way Favorable that is way. like, you know, and no, that's them no, demonstrating no their power. Now, we're getting, I think, it's an interesting uh-oh, conversation, but it, that's what is power. Not the effect of power. So we're going to play a little bit of music, and then we'll come back and we'll reboot, all right?